Hey, cool cats. I'm Maggie Fedorov, and you are listening to episode four of Totally Fucking Normal. Today, I'm joined by Christy Jome and Johnny DeStefano, the co-founders of Colorado's premier arts and culture publication, Birdie Magazine, for whom I am a house writer. Um, we discuss the ins and outs of print. They've got a really fresh take on arts and culture. And I love, love, love Birdie Magazine for so many reasons, but I'll let them go into you know, what's behind Birdie Magazine, kind of let them tell you about who they really are. And honestly, I think you'll fall in love with them for yourself. So uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with Christy and Johnny. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. The first thing I'm curious about is I'm curious if you can tell me about Birdie's humble beginnings. Where do we start? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely humble. I mean... (laughs) It it began, uh, well, long before it began, Christy and I both worked in magazines back in the day. And in radio stations. And radio and stations. Art of all art, sorts. Art you know. and music and whatnot. And we, we had a, uh, we created a venue for comedy of all places above City of City, which um, place here in Denver. And we had just all these cool artists and musicians and comedians coming through and and activists and activists and whatnot teachers we, and we just realized there was so much talent in uh, Colorado so we uh, we 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 also were told at the same time that we had an expiration date on the uh, venue from the owner so we were like okay well we gotta we gotta do something to keep this going and so we created. Chris and I were both like, we love magazines. We're like, let's do a magazine. And, uh, and that was in 2013 um, when we met. So we started working, um, you know, we did Deer Pile was the name of the venue. And, and then like about the same time, I would say, like we started talking about the magazine, but Birdie mm-hmm. came, I always say Birdie was born like February, 2013, basically like the, the concept of it. So. Yeah. And, and, uh, so we tapped into all that talent that we knew we had access to, all of our friends and people we didn't know. And uh, we we uh, began, you know, the magazine and-, and uh, The planning stages of it. The planning and stages of it. So we launched our first issue in uh, January, 2014, but to backtrack, um, we basically, like Johnny said, like we knew that we had all of all of these people, all of these artists, these voices um, that needed a venue, especially if Deer Pile wasn't going to continue onward with that shelf life. And so, um, you know, we we uh, we met every single week, actually, um, to come up with, an, you know, like a plan of attack. And, and we also had an awesome designer at the time, Michael David King. He was our original designer. Um, and then we also met with Johnny's dad as well, who helped me um, with ad sales. So it was really fun. Um, and basically, uh, it, you know, we, we took, I had a, um, I was the managing editor of a magazine in college called Clipson. And so I have a lot of experience there and we took Clipson and sort of modeled the, the size of Birdie and like what we wanted as far as aesthetic goes, but like even higher quality, you know, than what I was doing in college. And so basically like, you know, during that full year, we're trying to like, you know, find the right paper stock and the right printer and figure, you know, game funding and that sort of thing. But then it got to a point where we're like, well, let's just pull the trigger. Like we found this, you know, this printer, we had one month of content. We had a few thousand dollars from a couple of advertisers. Um, and then we just launched it. And so people thought we were insane because it's like, oh my gosh, you, you're launching this with, you know, X amount of money. And we had, we had other jobs at the time. Johnny was a DJ and I was a barista. Um, yeah, we were rolling in the, uh, the dough. Yeah. The DJ, like. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, we were getting like paid for the venue that we were running in gift cards essentially for like food. So like, that's how, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how for it was. Sure. But but we decided to, like, like Johnny said, um, we knew that we had the talent, we knew that there was a void um, in Denver and really in like the US for a magazine that would be free. You know, it's like, it's the village voice that used to exist and and we don't, it's it's really, you know, um, just kind of strayed from what it used to be, I guess. And so we, we found this, you know, we realized there's this void. So no matter what, we were gonna make it work. And it didn't scare us to have 
one month of content or that money because we had been doing things like that all the time. We were used to building acts and shows and events. Um, so that's basically how it happened. It was me, Johnny, um, Michael David King, um, and our uh, partner, Kayvon Kalabari. He owns Sexy Pizza, who's been one of our longest advertisers. Um, and then, yeah, and your dad for a second. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were told that print was dead and we were aware of that. And we just kind of like um, got, there was already a, enough phone interaction going on where we were like, ah, the phones are kind of annoying and not to discount, you know, the evolution of technology. But I think we were like, just like vinyl or, or a book or, um, you know, we, we still felt there was value in having something that you could hold and and uh, read and like, and in a really cool way, we knew we could do it in a really great way that hadn't been done before because we had a lot of inspiration from previous magazines and whatnot, like like Grand Royal and um, I don't know. Adbusters and Ad whatnot. Busters, whatever. But at the same time, we didn't, we never looked, we always kept our eyes on our own paper. We never like sat there and studied like, the design if that makes sense because we're artists so it's that the design part was like really easy for us you know what I mean because it's like oh, all the creativity that was sort of yeah. like uncarved block kind of thing yeah right? and we just... purposely did that too we did not want to we were not about we always say like you know there's mimics out there and and imitation is yeah imitation is the greatest form of flattery but at the same time as artists we were we loved creating new stuff so it's never we didn't you know what I'm saying like so our inspiration wasn't just magazines it was like you know, Godzilla and Atari and instruments yeah. and books and painting and Music. architecture and food and you know what I mean? Like, so it was, it was more a way, a way of life. Yeah. You know, like how we, how we lived and, and actually we were um, trying to figure, we've been trying our whole lives to figure out how to be artists and make money and um, you know, to do it that way where we don't have some corporation telling us, you know what the fuck you know yeah we're yep. just like no we want to we want to do our own thing we because there's so many times we have really good ideas that would otherwise be shut down by people who don't have the courage for those ideas yeah and to us it's really obvious you know we've been fighting for that our whole lives just to be uh to create and to survive monetarily being an artist and 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 reach building community of artists and all, all that um yeah my touching on things. yeah 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 it's been like it's funny talking about the beginnings because it's been we're going into our ninth year tenth year yeah woo <laughs> yeah thanks babe I have to like I have to remember the the timing of it but but yeah basically that's that's how it happened um and it and it happened through um our friendship and our love of you know community radio and punk and um you know, just like Johnny said, championing um, others, because that's, that's the thing that I think, yes, this was, we created this for ourselves to be creative and to make a you know, a living doing this, but it was more to allow people to shine um, because you, every single artist and creative remembers their first big like time that they're published or like an art show or whatever. It is that energy is the most exciting thing. It's so thrilling. It's one of the highlights of people's lives and like it's a ripple effect. And so like to be able to provide, you know, a venue for, you know, those who would be otherwise be disenfranchised that can't make it into a larger publication. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, we, we basically like would always say that Birdie is just a place for the misfits and the, and the artists um, that uh, otherwise wouldn't, have a voice in our society, you know? So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> Absolutely. For, let me, let me add, <laughs> sorry to cut you off, but uh counts for a lot of artists and, and um, oh shit, now I've, now I've, no, go ahead, say what you're going <laughs> to I was just going to say, no, that like, I've got goosebumps just listening to you talk about what it means to you and, and who you're out there, like, doing this shit for like oh man that just mm. <laughs> yeah and that's what i was gonna say collaboration it we've we found it's something we want to do anyway but it is how you make things work it, to collaborate that that is how 
our venue grew exponentially what was because we had an army of people that we empowered that powered their army of people and it became like a like Christy was saying a ripple effect mm -hmm. and uh and I think that is where you know and if you look at it in the bigger realm like for I feel like we gotta be grassroots and uh, community based you know in uh in our country in our capitalistic country where where the trickle down thing was proven to be bullshit and we really got to unite on a grassroots level and, and uh so we feel really aligned with what we're doing we believe in it and we believe in the people that we represent and uh we always it feels just say good it feels good to do it and uh so yeah we always just say we're like it's like we're i'm like we're just like kind of like servants for artists and creatives when you're given everybody has gifts everybody's born with gifts and um i think that everybody is um has creative and artistic gifts but some other people like you know we're all different and and i feel like when you have a, a gift of creativity um it's so important to use it for the greater good. Um, not that there's anything wrong with just being about you, you know, um, but I, I just feel, I feel like an intrinsic, um, it's not even like a want, it's like, I, it's like, I can't help it sort of energy just, yeah, exactly. Like to, to use, to use our gifts and what we've been given in life, um, to just do good. And, um, you know, instead of being like selfish about it. And so I don't know, that's really what Bernie's about. Like during the pandemic, like we lost two thirds of our advertisers. We didn't even know if we could put a paper product out, how COVID was trans, you know, transmitted. Sure. And what kept us going wasn't, wasn't to like save us monetarily. It was like, we, I can't imagine disappointing people by, by like, oh my gosh, Bernie didn't come out this month. It was like, we were too, um, what's the word? Stubborn. Like we had, we're like, gotta do it for the people. Like people are expecting this and artists are expecting this. And like, what if like Hannah can't talk about her books and people don't, you know, get to hear about all these amazing novels and historical fiction, blah, blah, or Tom Murphy can't talk about the music that he's reviewing of these local musicians. Like it was like a do it's a duty. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It feels absolutely. like, a, you know, duty so. now for the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So blah, blah, blah. Devo. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, let's see. So to kind of piggyback off of that a little bit, um, I mean, you've kind of touched a little bit on it already, but like Birdie breaks rules. And I fucking love that about you guys. Um, you know, you're making waves, you're different. So, you know, from the fact that you don't do cover ads, the fact that issues are free, um, what can you tell me about these choices that you've made for Birdie and what they mean for you? Absolutely. Great question. Yeah. Um, because we put a lot of thought into that exact question. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, like, cause we, we began as artists. So that is our kind of our, our fuck you, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we're not thinking like how we got to roll in all, all the money. And uh, like, go, I know you should chime in on this. Yeah, it, well, first and foremost, it was really important for us. So people don't know this, but like our front and our back cover always have something. They're always sort of related in the sense. And like, that is because artists first. So first respect the artists. It's, we made a very, very, very um, serious decision right off the bat when we published our first issue to never have words on the front, like to, to you know, inside is, you know, whatever, like, you know, an interview with Mark or whatever. The reason that we did that was was twofold to respect the artist, like first and foremost, not that we still put titles of our artwork inside and that sort of stuff, but really done artistically and as minimally as possible, but to respect the artist and also to respect our reader. Our readers are not done. Like they can be curious enough to go, okay, I resonate with this. I don't need to read what's on the, on the cover. I already know that this is gonna be quality. So that was really important, you know what I mean? So aesthetic, 
because we like beautiful things. We're artists. So like straight up, like aesthetic is really, really important for us. And it, that tactile experience of not having something that will like come off in your hands. So that's that basically frameworthy art, respecting the artists. Um, and that is why we don't do like vape wraparounds. You know, people call us crazy because we could make thousands, tens of thousands of dollars for like a huge, you know, that sort of thing, selling your back cover, selling your centerfold. We've, we've sold our centerfold like once or twice, but for like, to like MCA museum of contemporary art, super dope, artistic dope thing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but it's really strategic. So, um, that, yeah. that was really, really important for us. And the reason that we also do it for free again, backwards model is, uh, and it's cause it's expensive. Like birdie is not a cheap publication. Like this is a, something that people go, how much is this? Like, it's kind of confusing in the shop. And it's I like, have oh, wondered no. about this so many times yeah. myself. Like how can they possibly yeah. make money? <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, it's pop. Well, we have a great printer that we've been with for a long time, but it is expensive. But the thing is, is that we believe first and foremost to access to art and information, hands down. Um, I grew up a portion of my life um, in my, my dad did not make a lot of money for a, a specific time. And there are seven of us in the family. So I like really have had um, a very humble upbringing. Um, and so to be able to like pick up this as a kid for free or whoever, maybe who's struggling, like even when I moved here, I was literally stealing like toilet paper from work. Do you know what I mean? And like uh -huh. shift meals, like, Hey, that's how I'm eating. So to be able to give this to people and, uh, people of all walks and all ages and, and all backgrounds and to give this as a, as a gift, basically like a little present and you can read it. Some people love to read it. If you, if you can't read, if you can't read or you don't read English, there's still something for you within this. There's art. You can have art for you, free art for your walls. You know what I mean? And, and that's expensive. Art is really expensive. You, um, you have free collage materials. If you don't want to read or hang up the art, you have a free teaching, uh, material. We've had teachers and homeschoolers use this as like some sort of, you know, like a, a prompt. So like, it, it's really about, it's the pen is mightier than the sword. Birdie is for the people, you know, uh, for the people, by the people, essentially. It's, it's, it's a really, um, it's a pillar of democracy is to have access to, to art and information and culture. And, uh, and we try our best. We're limited. We only have so many pages, but we don't tell people what to write about. As you know, we don't people tell people what to, to print or whatever. I mean, of course we curate it, but that's the gist of it. And so we believe that the money will follow and, and hopefully it really, really will, because then we can empower more people. We can, do you know what I mean? So, and pay more people and grow, you yeah. know, grow them. So I don't know if that, if that's a yeah, little. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, part of our, um, protecting, you know, not putting that on the back cover and, and looking out for the art first, you know, I think gives us our ability to, to uh, do what we want and uh and we we're also you know we pay our artists and our writers and all that yeah um that's really important for us yeah. yeah so we feel really aligned with the mission and hopefully we can grow it we feel it's a human magazine where everybody you don't even have to have you know know you know you could be from japan and look at yeah. it like you know just like godzilla in reverse you know but but you can connect to what we're doing because we're connecting to like a, a human thing. So I don't know. We're we're just trying really hard to make a cool thing happen, you know, and document history keep, and yeah. our current time, and you know. So it's it's like cave painting. So we've been at, we there's humans have this urge to record stuff, and it's a little glimpse into like our life, like our our lifetime you know so yeah. what a cool perspective like looking at it like cave paintings you know and it goes back to like <laughs> you said earlier like what you're doing it's compulsive like it's not like you're trying to benefit from it you know it's just like you need to be doing it it calls you it's a duty yes yeah no that's really really yeah. interesting to think about I love that I'm gonna I'm gonna be playing with that thought like as I'm falling asleep tonight in bed <laughs> <laughs> thanks Maggie. no of course um so 
okay, I'm not even sure where I want to go with this next because I have so many good questions for you that like touch on all these things you've already been talking about. So um, let me see. How about we go this way first? How do you view the role of print in society and how does that play a role in Birdie's mission and values? It's a good question. Well, I don't know because it's a weird um, juxtaposition with the internet um, and total access to everything all the time. But I think it, it does go back to like, it's like wearing a hat or a jacket or, you know, like not everything is done. We're not these, these digital creatures, you know, print. I, I want to read a book. You read a book. You, yeah. You read how many you've read. Maggie's probably you, my ass. You guys are, <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just grabbing the book, you know, like, yeah, just like you would grab the hat to go outside or whatever. I don't know. There, there's still, you know, like, I, I think it's as valuable as anything that human beings use. And, and we like to think of it as like plain vinyl. Sure. You can have an endless, you know, um, playlist on your Apple music, or whatever, but vinyl, you know, like playing, putting the record on there, having a glass of wine, you know, that, that kind of thing just feels good. So I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. I think that's, but. that's good. Like, and to, to play off of that, I think print in, you said print in societies, or what's, what's the role of print in society? Yeah, the role of um, print in society. Oh. I think that, I think that no matter how um, digital we go, it's always going to be a crucial aspect. Um, some sort of physical documentation of, of things. I mean, we, we are, we're doing that sending, you know, drawings and, um, and messages, you know, on satellites and, and spatial, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a fundamental, I think it's like beyond just our, our planet. Like, I just, I feel like the concept of print and documenting, like I said, cave paintings are like parchment, you know, like let's take the library. Like that was a huge home for me, like growing up. Cause it was free. It was safe space. That, I mean, that is one of the coolest ideas ever as a library. And that's been around for, you know, for ever. Like, I don't even want to like butcher the, the dates or whatever, but I think that it's no matter how digital we still have documentation in a tangible form, like whether it's the government, like literally underground, you know, uh, compartments where they hold, hold like seriously like for real like bunkers it's like, full of bunkers yeah yes. or, or at mar-a-lago yes. where they hold the other <laughs> tops of but, but yeah i feel like you know i i feel like it's it, it's never going to go away it's like if you look at when we started birdie um really the kindle and like electronic books started taking off right and then kind of like a couple years going into birdie you know um suddenly brick and mortar bookstores were making a resurgence, you know, there, so there, I, I feel like, I feel like no matter, you know, yes, things are di being digitalized, right. But there's still that craving to have, um, tangible products, you know? And so now magazines, you know, obviously that's definitely a smaller and smaller sector of print, um, because of the way that we're going and how we consume our information. Um, but like books and whatnot, um, role of print in society. I don't yeah. know. Like the role of coffee in society or the role of, you know, just another thing that has value if you let it, you know, I don't know. I, think, I don't I know think, much more. I mean, I think there is still this like and access to information like yeah. you were talking about. And there's still, it's like, you know, in the prep, like for, you know, if like during inauguration or whatever, people still buy newspapers or like big events and that sort of a thing, or like, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like we don't, I don't know, like I said before, we keep our eyes on our own paper literally. So we don't really care. Like, I, I feel like we've always been like, just like, I just remember graduating from um, college and I remember I'll never forget, you know, I was journalism and communication specifically like magazines and like radio do you know what I mean like the, mm -hmm. the, those sorts of platforms and like one of my roommates she's like good luck like you know I graduated in 20, 2009 so it was like during kind of the recession mm -hmm. I'm like okay and she's like print's dead you know and even like my journalism department they were like we're going towards like digital stuff and I was like N I just didn't care 
Like, I just, I feel like that's always been my attitude. And I feel like you have to have a little bit of that fuck you attitude when you're trying to do something. Cause I mean, like, what if like, let's take vinyl, for example, like same, same exact thing. Vinyl is huge now. Like that is like a huge, huge thing mm-hmm. that people were called crazy back in the, like, even like 10 years ago, it was like, oh, you could only find them at used, you know, record shops or whatever. So I just feel like there's always going to be these trends. And like, if you always, if you're consistently worried about society or what's trending, trending or whatever, you're never, you're just never going to go anywhere. You're going to go in circles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, however, with the digital, because truly because of COVID, it did make us want to go more into the digital world as far as we created a new website, which you see now we have a digitized version of the magazine and we have things as blog posts. And the reason we did that was because we, we seriously, we had to decrease our printing during that time because we, no one knew again, how COVID was Mm -hmm. transmitted. And we had to make sure that people still could have access to that. And it, that's proven to be a really beautiful relationship between the digital and the print, because now we have, you know, my friend lived in Mexico. She's like, oh my gosh, it was so cool. I, I read that issue and I was like, wait, what? And she's like the digital issue. And I'm like, oh yeah, duh, we have that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it gives, it gives it more of like a worldwide access for now. Yeah. Because we can't, don't have enough money to send it all over the world. So I feel like, I feel like it's, it's important. It's like, people are always trying to villainize one or the other like the analog or the digital. And I think that you can have like a really beautiful like marriage between the two, though I will always want a physical situation. Do you know what I mean? So for me, and I know a lot of people are like that too, you know, you're a book reader, mm-hmm. yeah. DJ, like, yeah. so. Um, I don't know, Brit, like in Denver, like it's cool to get a birdie magazine. So in our, in our you know, where we live, it, it helps bring, I don't know, charm or art, you know, like it, it makes the world cooler. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, we we really, you know, we like what we're putting out there and we, we're hoping that we're doing something that is, you know, helping everybody out. Yeah. So in one way or another. And one more thing to touch on this because okay. my brain's now totally working. Birdie 2 print is often magazines. It's kind of like the de- like the downward news spiral normally. Oh, so God, it's like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? So it's usually, it's like, it's, like, it's, really, important. it's really important to be That's informed, good. right? Really important to be informed, but oh my God, like how many, like, it is just like, you know, the, the shooting that just happened in Colorado Springs mm. and all this stuff. And so Birdie is kind of an oasis. That's how we kind of look at it. We definitely are writers touch on important things, but we're more like subversive and like, we're more of an oasis and like an uplifting platform, if that makes sense, versus Absolutely. just what is a standard, you know, when you think of like a publication or periodical, mm-hmm. what are like NAASC, whatever it's called, tax code is, you know what I mean? Like whatever. The- <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's something that's really Propaganda. important. Yeah. So yeah, we, and that's, we purposefully did that. And so like, again, you'll, you'll, our writers will be really funny and sarcastic and we'll touch on things, but like, we'll never, like, I don't think we've ever like printed, for example, I don't think we ever printed Trump's actual face ever once purposely in the magazine. People like mention, you know what I mean? Like to not give power to him like that, Uh but like, yeah. So that's another thing too, is just to keep it more, um, you know, like I'm, I'm unaffiliated politically. And that was like an oath I made when I was like, 18 years old journalist. <laughs> I have to be, you know, I have, I'm, I'm subjective, but I have to be as objective as possible, you know? And so like, I feel like that that's been really important for us to kind of like, you know, art, art is resistance. We don't need to be, there's go turn on any single, you know, open any newspaper and turn on any news channel and you're going to get what you want. Here's a different, different form of information too, you know, by grassroots and indie thinkers and yeah, you know, just as intelligent, but yeah. if not more intelligent, um, because the people are brilliant who collaborate with us. So, so yeah. I love that so much. I like, it's really awesome to think about I, because you touched also on like the, um, like how you compare birdie to vinyl and how like, um, I don't know, I think one of the magical things about vinyl, I'm going to kind of tangent for a second here. One of the magical things about vinyl for me is that like, 
spending the time listening to vinyl is like so christy you and i have talked about before um like my rituals yeah and like listening to vinyl is like that for me it's another one of my rituals where you have to set aside time because you can't just passively listen to a vinyl while you're doing something else really i mean you can but you have to stop flip your record over and it's it's not like you get like an hour of like uninterrupted music on a vinyl i mean you're like give 10 minutes maybe and you're flipping that suck son of a bitch over and like you know just the time that you have to dedicate to like you know placing the needle you know then you're onto a new record or whatever and um not only just the like the interacting with it physically but also the um the fact that it's a different listening experience altogether all the little crackles and everything and I mean for me the first time I ever listened to a vinyl record I was like I feel like I'm in the recording room. I've never I had never had that experience before where I felt so close to the musicians that were, you know, putting their magic out there into the world. It was um like altogether different. And so um as you were talking, I was just kind of thinking about the fact that like Birdie is totally that like in print i mean it's it's a very tangible physical like record of hey we're here we existed and like um you know i mean we could have a solar flare tomorrow and all of this like tech that we have like all the information online totally erased right but birdie is still gonna fucking exist (laughs) you know and how fucking cool is that yeah no that's great thanks of course i'm like like gonna record that like this is now in our mission (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so like a couple times you've mentioned the like print isn't dead and Uh like that, that was something you felt super strongly about. Uh I'm curious, how does birdie bring new life to a dying art form? Or at least what's, what's your perspective on that? That's a cool question. Um, well, like I said, aesthetically, we do things very differently, um, purposefully. So, what we bring new to a dying art form is, is like, is a lot. Um, the, you know, the, the way our ink, our paper quality, like, um, I feel like, I feel like we're like, it's almost like we're a coffee table book or something of that nature going into like the magazine. Yeah. We're collectible. It's a collectible. So maybe like not in the sense of doing something extremely different than like maybe a comic book, um, or an art book would, do you know what I mean um mm-hmm. so yeah just doing it differently our ads for example like it, it the dying art for, the dying art form of the print ad because you're doing Instagram and Google ads mm-hmm. we design a significant amount of our ads and they're ridiculous and hilarious <laughs> like um, here's I love them so much <laughs> here's Benny's Benny's like it's like a dog with a pizza it's like just ridiculous and like you're gonna love this one too for the new um it's we're playing a lot on the shining but it's um shell you know shelly yep shelly duvall yeah shelly duvall so like we're really doing that's that's a totally different approach um than i would say any publication unless i'm like crazy i'm sure that there's some artful ads but like the way that we do ads as content like interwoven um it's really it's a it's aesthetic again because we're like please don't give us a shitty please like the magazines don't ruin it like a bad ad but there's people who build like denver art museum oh this one is just delicious it's for their new exhibit but like that's beautiful so like that's a really like that's a new fresh approach i feel like that can create um in hopefully inspire other people to do something similar um because you're not only are you respecting your magazine but you're respecting your business who you know the businesses who you're partners with so I'd say like that's definitely a fresh new thing that we're doing within our industry um and we have like the Instagram handles on there and like um the QR codes you know so we kind of connect to the digital realm too which is a new thing that is now capable you know uh yeah and just the fact that we're free like again that's kind of like a statement I, I mean we still have like, um, you know, like the stranger in Seattle, we have oh, the absolutely. Western. So like there, there's still like, there's still publications out there that are, are free. So we're not doing, we're not like reinventing the wheel as far as like offering it for free. But I think, I think just going back to offering quality for free, um, and then doing it again, more strategically. Yes. Because we don't have as big of a budget for distro, but also just like 
it's just kind of our model is a little bit backwards, I guess, compared to most magazines. We're not out there. It's not all about the advertisement and the money. It's more about being aligned with businesses and people. So it's like, you can go down the block in Seattle or whatever, and maybe see, well, I don't know how the stranger, I love the stranger growing up, but I know, I know it's like not quite the same or whatever, but like, you know, that might be in like every single whatever, like mm-hmm. shop, but like we choose not to do that. And I think that that's also, there's things that we do that are like, that go beyond just like the paper of the magazine. It goes out, you know what I mean? So it's like who we choose to partner with and, and who we also choose to like showcase. And so I feel like, I don't know, that's maybe like a little bit different. That's kind of like, you know, changing being rebellious within our industry. Same thing with two, with not telling people what to write. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's really different and like unusual. Um, sometimes like art or, um, writers are like, give me an image. I want to be inspired or like, you know, this, this, and this, but it's like, we don't tell people what to cover. Like I'll, I'll get like emails. Can you, Oh, can you review this book or can you blah, blah, blah. And like, I, I'm like, you know what? It's not up to me. Like I'll pass your information on to these writers or, you know, whatever, but like, it's really important. So I feel like that's kind of like a different, I don't know. That's maybe changing something. I don't know. Just giving, championing the, our, you know, collaborators and trying not to stifle your voice. I don't know. I'm not really answering the question, but. No, that's great. I love that so much because I feel like it gives Birdie so much more of its own authenticity like um oh hell what was i just gonna say like so when people ask me like i have this one place where i go and i drop off magazines and i had a guy come up to me once after i'd been dropping off magazines there for like six straight months he was like so you're the birdie girl i'm like yeah i'm the birdie girl he's like what can you tell me about birdie like what is birdie like what's what's going on and i was like i thought about it for a second and i was like you know, honestly, I feel like it's kind of the easiest way to describe it is it's just an accurate representation of like the arts and culture of this day and age. Like, you know, it's it's yeah. it's what we're living. And um, he was like, no, that that pretty well answers my question. Like, cool. <laughs> I, I hope it did, because I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's purposeful. You nailed it, babe. Um, it's a documentation of our current time. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's what it is. It's it's just like a little glimpse into it. And uh and that was also really important too. So like for us, it's like, um, we like to produce it in real time. We'll slot, as you know, our production schedule, we'll have certain things slotted or if I procrastinate, like transcribing an <laughs> interview, oh my gosh, like, but, but it's, it's built in real time. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so it's like that way we can, if there is something really important, we can throw it in there that would resonate with the current situation or whatever. And so um, that's exactly what it is. It's kind of, it's just a current, you know, but at the same time we wanted, we also, if you, if you notice it, we wanted it to be relevant. Like if you pick up a magazine from the first year in 2014, it's still relevant. Like there might be a couple of little things that are like, Oh, you know, this show happened or whatever, but it's, it's still like the whole idea is that it's, it can be, relevant anywhere in the world and it can be relevant um at any time so that that was a huge factor that's why we don't do a ton of like you know like the typical I guess that plays back into like what publications usually do we don't do a ton of like see this thing on Saturday or catch this thing like we'll do things like like our if we do an interview and it relates to an event it's still the interview is still relevant six Mm -hmm. months from now I mean so that was a yeah. huge part of birdie that we decided to do. Yeah. So yeah, that, and that's specifically why you'll, you'll also see like, you know, things that are reviewed, like talk, like, um, I keep bringing up Tom and Hannah, but like, it's a good example of like the books that Hannah reviews They're they're She can review something from 1970, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or like from this year. And then the bands like Tom, you know, um, talks about their, they can be all genres or whatever. Like, so yeah. But you nailed it. That's exactly, again, I'm going to steal that. Please do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have just like two more questions left, I think, for you. So um, one thing I have been super curious about is you guys. So like you said, you started with one month of content. And you since then, you've been monthly since 2013? January 2014. 2014. Yeah, technically December, but January 2014 is the, yeah. So my question is, 
How do you make it through the highs and the lows and particularly the lows? Oh. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're a lot better than we used to be. Yeah. We, had, a, that way we had to learn a lot. We learned a lot. We went to a business coach and like a therapist, like a therapist and then um, like a business coach. He was like a life coach too. Okay. Um, yeah, we were determined to keep it going and, mm -hmm. and we didn't always, we haven't always, and we continue to not always make the best choices, but we're, we try, um, our best, you know, and, and, uh, I think that, uh, I don't know, we're, we're fighting for it. Like we fight to stay alive and to pay our rent you know like um so we we cope uh, often like we get the issue where it gives us energy it gets us motivated to keep going at it and and we just we get back to the drawing board if we have to or we whatever we got to do we we just try to continue to make it happen like our lives depended on it and if they didn't, and if it doesn't work out, then we're also not, you know, we'll just keep on keeping on anyway. But but it really does, it provide Birdie provides us, you know, the ability to stay motivated. And uh, I don't know. And then weed and wine and <laughs> chocolate and coffee. And stuff like that. So yeah, babe, to play off of it, it, it was, I mean, it was definitely a journey because, you know, Johnny and I started, you know, we're also together romantically as partners. And so like that, you know, to balance that and work, we had to learn, you know, uh, hard way in it. And basically it's like, you know, when I started this, I was 23 years old. So it's like, I had a lot of growing up to do too. Um, though I was like a very like grown up kid or whatever, but a, a lot of, um, I would say definitely a bit like a business coach, life coach. Um, and I did therapy, um, like 2017, um, for my own personal, like childhood trauma and that sort of like that, those, those sorts of things. Um, I can't stress how important that is if you're trying to to do a business too to like get professional help you know what I mean and like our my therapist actually her coach was our um our business coach and she said listen Christy my job is done like when you don't really need me anymore and I'm just I'm just gonna say this to you I think that you should start seeing Chris because he's really he's business and it looks like you're you need to focus on business like that is what's kind of causing so much anxiety and that sort of thing. So we, we did, um, business coaching, um, and life coaching basically for like two and a half years. We stopped doing it like during the pandemic. And I feel good about that. Cause, and, um, we also, before that we start, we read a lot, a lot of leadership and self-help books and like just tons and tons and tons of things like that. So like always trying to better yourself because it, the thing is we're all humans and we all have bullshit, and like, really, you can't, you can't run a bit. You cannot be a leader for somebody else if you can't be a leader for yourself. And so honestly, yeah, well, seriously. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I, lots of trial and tribulation, lots of, I, uh, the way that I, uh, handled people or situations in the past was very toxic and unhealthy. And like, you know, um, and I, I, I have, uh, insomnia and anxiety. And it's, I'll have that for the rest of my life. Um, but it's, so it's managed, it's not cured. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's my thing is like that, that's what we would lean on. And then, you know, now, um, having a healthy, re healthier relationship with our thoughts and also our reactions and our emotions, um, is from practice. It's just practice. It's everything, you know, it's not forgetting the hard times of, you know, like, like I said, COVID, two thirds of the advertisers just dropped out. Like, and then just being proactive. Okay. Like definitely was still wasn't as strong as I am now emotionally, but being proactive, like, all right, let's, it's just math. Let's, you know, figure this out and reduce this here and there and whatever. But, um, and then now having healthy, um, coping strategies, I run 
I, um, met, I, I'm not as good. I'm, I've been doing it lately, but meditation is really, 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 um, helpful when you're having a panic attack or taking breaths, like, Oh no, I got that email where the advertiser is dropping out or, Oh no, the, the printer, you know, crap, there's a smudge or like the color didn't come undone or, Oh my gosh, I didn't catch my own spelling error in the intro of my interview. So taking deep breaths and, you know, going on walks, runs, Johnny plays hockey. So having those outlets, those physical outlets for people who are really like emotional, I think is really important. Um, and create, you know, creativity, uh, you're really good about making art, that sort of thing. But I honestly, um, just keeping at it and, um, getting, getting help. Like really, I feel like if I could do it over again, I would have like business coach immediately, yeah. just immediately or something or therapist or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Though, yeah. though we were trying, we were trying with books and, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. we, we brought a lot of baggage to the table, preconceived ways of thinking about the world that weren't helping us out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, like in a, like a, a money, an abundance issue with oh, yeah. money. Like we weren't, we we felt that what artists can't get money and- you Or know, money's we, bad. Money is bad or you know whatever. What I mean? Exactly. Money is bad and we're like- Being good. And making money is gross. It's only for yucky. Yeah, you're like, like cash out if you had a. Yeah, like you know? being, being a sellout. Yes, but, but yeah. if you're if you're making money, and you're uplifting the community, and you're you're uh, putting good out in the world, and you're paying other people, and you're building positivity, and and you know, just doing a good thing, then more power to you. You know, you deserve it all the more. So, yeah. You do, yeah. and the more you, more money you get, the more you can do, and the more impact you can have. So money is a great thing. You and know? that was a huge you, part of a coach telling us that, and that, and yeah. then yeah, just basic like tricks of like how to go out and prospect and like, yeah. um, you know, all, all the business stuff that, you know, the the plumbing basically, yeah, of the job, you know, got to do it, mm-hmm. and and we we love it. We've we've come to really we love talking to our clients and meeting new people and like it has been pretty rewarding you know yeah on a soulful level and then you know what when all else fails when you're going through something low just call mom yeah Yeah. (laughs) never (laughs) yeah never (laughs) underestimate the power of calling home (laughs) yeah yep for sure hey mom yeah so yeah um but just lots of practice um yeah. And then the, the thing that I feel like too, I think it's really important. And, um, I feel, I feel like it's also really important to celebrate your highs as well. Um, there's this, uh, um, awesome, I do. So I run and then I do yoga and I, a little bit of strength training and I use an app called Peloton. I don't have the bike. I just use like the app and there's this, um, strength trainer. I really like her name's Jess Sims. And she's always like, celebrate the highs, celebrate the victories, and then get back to work. And she, that's what she says. And I love it. Cause it, she's like, it's so important in life. Cause I'm, I may, I mean, we've talked about this now, but like, I am like definitely a perfectionist. I pretty much, this is really weird, but I often don't look at the magazine after it comes out. Basically. Like, I don't read, like I put, so it's kind of like, um, those actors who don't watch the movie or whatever, uh-huh. I'll do, I'll do like a quick glance through it, but then I get like anxiety sometimes. Like I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So it's kind of funny. I've, I've been a little bit different lately, but Johnny's like the opposite. He just like studies it and, you know, cause I'm the, I'm the editor. So he often like some pieces he doesn't even read until it's in print and that's, mm-hmm. just, he just really gets into it. But <clears throat> I think that's really cool that he does that. And I, and I, I've been wanting to like remind myself, like it's really important to celebrate the small victories, like just as important as, you know, reflecting on things that you can be better at or that you can change, but then don't get stuck in it. Get back to work. That's what our, and our coach would always say that don't, don't get comfortable. Like, like get comp, like you celebrate and have fun, but like so many people go, Oh, and then you're like, crap, we're where we were before. Do you know what I mean? So even killed, you know, like, yeah. cause you, 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 you want to appreciate, you know, and have gratitude for what is really good and you want to you know embrace that and all that yeah but 
when things get low and dark and all that you, you also don't want to get lean too much into that the more you know you can be on even keel you can function better you know mm -hmm. so i don't know yeah keep it even keeled yeah i love that um so last question i have for you do you have any advice for creatives with big dreams and few resources hmm. that's a really good question um, well, I think going off of the, the few resources, we, I feel like it was, was it in our Mark interview? Yeah, I think our Mark interview. There, I think that, I mean, not everybody has access to the internet or to a device, but most people do. And, and we also have a live, you know, like a library situation. So I would say like one of the, the most important things, um, as a visual artist is to try to create some sort of on like some, some sort of portfolio or something that you can show or like an, you know, a social media um, thing off the bat. Like, I feel like that is accessible to most people. It's, you know what I mean? It, whether it's an Instagram page, maybe not like a fancy website or whatever. Um, but that's something that I always, I always ask, I don't know why I'm going straight to this, but like as a visual artist, I always go, Oh, can you send us your, your site or like your Instagram or whatever? So I would say like, try, try your hardest, even if it's like a shitty resolution photo, try to create something that you can show others. Um, because if you don't have that, you off, you can't create more opportunities for yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're, you're a great example. You're such a self doer. So, um, yeah, go to the library if you don't have a computer. Get onto the computer, create an account, take a shitty photo, borrow a, or a, you know borrow a camera um, to get your work up there. You know, type up your your writing. Um, do like I feel like try to utilize that first would be a good starting point. I always try to tell people. Um, um, and and keep dreaming and dream big and like within your dream, you have access to everything you need. You just got to know that and. and don't let, you know, anybody tell you that you're on the wrong path. If you're aligned with what you're dreaming, then everything you need is within that. And then you can figure out how to make it happen. Whatever, whatever you got to do to make that happen. Your dreams are powerful and they, they make the world go around. So connect with it and don't turn your back on it. You know, keep, keep going that way. And, um, good will come if you let it that's great e even with um like putting yourself out there again going back to resources if you you can type up how to submit a piece of art to this publication or how to get a show here you know like so just put it out there like it's just math it's like ads you can do 100 cold calls and you're gonna sell like five ads or whatever do you know what I mean it's like a mathematical thing so like Johnny said put yourself out there, reach out as much as possible, but don't get butt hurt um, or angry. Don't get angry if you're rejected or don't get answered to. I noticed like it's, that's a huge thing. Like, cause you're, that's energy is not good. Like, and just be patient. And, and you never know. Like I, I remember I, uh, out of college, I applied for an internship with KEXP in Seattle, like the coolest internship ever and I didn't realize how highly competitive it was but it was like thousands of applicants and they sent me an email and it was like we received your application do not reach out to us um in retrospect I would I would have re reached out to them do you know what I mean just to be like hey because it's usually like the squeaky wheel that gets the grease but they were like we'll reach out to you and I was like oh I okay like I didn't get it and um that was in that was like in May or April or something and then I got an, I got an email or a phone call in September and they were like, Hey, can you come in for an interview? And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we were just saving you. Like we're saving your application. Cause the fall was a harder slot. Like wanted, like we wanted to, you, we wanted your skills for this time. So I was like, Oh my gosh. So is, so you never know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there are people who reach out to us, for example, and two years later we go, Hey, sorry. Um, you know, we want to print this. Sorry for the, you know, the dead air. And they're like, Oh my God, that's so great. Or like reconnecting with people. So like, like Johnny said, don't give up on your dreams and, um, 
and just get cold call cold. If you, you know what I mean? Like put like you want a gallery show really, truly the best thing to do is to be in person to, but there's a lot of people who are, you know, introverts. Like I'm, you know, I have deaf. Yeah. I'm like an extroverted introvert. So it's hard to go to galleries and whatever. So mm-hmm. that's obviously like one of the best things to like talk to people, but if not, again, almost everybody has some sort of access or can borrow something or use the library computer or something, you know, that that's where the digital world does come, I think, in handy. We don't have phone books anymore, you know, it's, it's the internet. So, um, and then reach out, you know, family too. If you, if you don't want to do that, have art shows for your family and friends or send your, you know, Joey, his brother sends us these like eloquent, like blog, like beautiful thing, you know, things, but doesn't want to be published like in birdie and like it's just for the family you know so it's mm-hmm. find your outlet and and then also to, totally this is a, this reminds me of another conversation that we've had maggie but also be gentle on yourself um you know you're painting and like i i you know i'm telling you that i i have and you're writing and how i have really set like my creative writing aside i do interviews but like creative writing and or like whatever and my my um you know my artistic my you know, uh, creation, but it's okay because I'm doing other, really, I'm doing other forms of art. Like I'm really like diving into like cooking and, and, you know, um, which is a beautiful form of art and, and even reading and, and, and I'm like exploring different things. So it's okay to also just like evolve and also like come back to your loves. You know what I mean? Like you did with your painting when you stopped painting for like 20 years or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just be gentle on yourself and don't be afraid to ask for help too. Like that's a big thing that I have a hard time doing, but, um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No, a lot of, a lot of great little nuggets of wisdom in there. I love it. Um, <laughs> any last words? Uh, just thank you for yeah your great writing and everything you're doing to help us out. You know, like we're really grateful to have your help. Yeah, and to I really be a appreciate that. Cafeteria. Oh yeah, Twin Peaks. And just yeah. that energy, Maggie. Like I'm always like, I just love Maggie <laughs> so much. Just as a friend, like you've just been such a light in my life, and um, such an inspiration. Like from everything, from like I said, your art to your fashion, and like trying <laughs> all these new things, and like all the things that we've talked about when we hung out in Seattle, and um. I just feel so lucky to have such a cool teammate, you know, like yourself and just, I don't know. It's just, I feel honored. So thank you for all the inspiration and the day. I feel like it's daily love. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. I'm like low key trying not to cry. (laughs) I think I'm always trying not to cry. It's okay. We can cry together. Yeah. So sweet. Thank you so much. You guys like, I, I have so much love in my heart for both of you and for Birdie and everything. I'm just like really grateful that you were able to set aside the time to spend with me today and to talk about Birdie and, and what it means to you. So super, super grateful. Thank you so much. Aww, thanks, Maggie. Such an amazing conversation. As per the usual, I want to leave you with a couple of takeaways from this episode. It's totally fucking normal to feel like your dream is bigger than you can reasonably accomplish, but you need to keep pursuing it anyway. It's totally fucking normal to need help along the way. It's totally fucking normal to do your therapy, have positive coping mechanisms, and still experience anxiety, panic, and doubts. It's totally fucking normal to be successful as an artist and still experience losses, failures, and rejections. Uh, These things teach us the art of the pivot, and so it's important to remember that and to celebrate both your successes and your failures. If you're listening on Spotify, do me a favor. I want you to head to the poll and let me know which one of these takeaways resonates the most with you. That being said... Birdie's December issue hits the streets next week, so make sure you're looking for that. And if you live in an area where you can snag a physical copy of Birdie, go and grab one. Do it. Get your hands on that tangible shit. It's good stuff. Now, if you don't know where to find a copy of Birdie Magazine near you, go ahead and head to their website, birdiemagazine.com. You can find their locations under the tab that says Bird Droppings. You can submit to Birdie at birdiemagazine.com submissions. Find them on Instagram at birdie.magazine. Find Christy on Instagram at Christy Jomay. Find Johnny on Instagram at DeStefano808Art. 
Between now and next episode, you can find the podcast on Instagram at Totally Effing Normal Pod. You can find me on Instagram at Mad Mags. You can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash antagony imagery. You can find me on the web at antagonyimagery.com. And if you feel so inclined, you can leave me a voice message at anchor.fm slash totally effing normal. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Let me know if you have any questions. Uh, let me know if you've got something you want to hear about in a future episode. I'd love to hear it. You can find all of these links in the show notes uh, where you can just tap through super easy. So if you're like me, you don't have to worry about like, God, how do you spell that fucking thing? Don't worry about it. Head down to the show notes. Click through on the links. Super easy. Anyway, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today to talk about anything, everything, and also nothing. And we'll catch you next time. Hi, listeners. Bye.